Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,512. It's your attitude, not your aptitude, that ultimately determines your altitude. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from beautiful Lakeland, Florida, where I'll bet it's sunny because it's not where I am today, Jeff Broaddus. Jeff Broaddus has been involved in the automotive industry throughout his professional career. He began with a pioneering lifestyle magazine called The Rob Report. Oh yeah, I used to read that all the time. Then he joined Car Collector Magazine as the marketing director and in 1992 became publisher owner of that publication. In 2010, he sold the publishing company and all its assets and over the next nine years, he managed a national marketing campaign for both Hecock Classic and Grundy Insurance. Those are two great companies that insure classic cars primarily uh, before retiring from the insurance industry. And today, his new venture is part of the Mid-Florida Credit Union as the VP Executive Director of Special Projects. Now, you may be going, wait, why are you having a bank guy on your show here, Mark? Among his many responsibilities, one of his favorite tasks is to manage the growth and success of the Mid-Florida Auto Show and Lake Mirror Concord. This is an event that takes place in Lakeland, Florida, and will be celebrated for its 21st year, I believe, this year, October 16th to the 18th in 2020. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Jeff. But first, a word from our sponsors that make this show possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Jeff, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Like the best sports car I've ever owned. I'm ready to go. (laughs) All right. Sounds like it'll be fun today. Before I dial into the questions here, though, I want you to share with our listeners one thing that most people don't know about Jeff. Interestingly enough, 
I wanted to be a computer programmer. I wanted to be in the computer industry. I was absolutely mesmerized by technology and what was changing. And I was trying to make that my career path. But the old car hobby kept knocking on my door. And I ended up, after all my trials, never, ever going down that path and staying in the automotive industry, which, as it turned out, was was the best thing that ever happened. Well, you know, that's what Cars Yeah is all about, people that have wrapped their passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles into their careers. And I, I find it fascinating because you worked in publishing. I did that pretty much for 20 plus years, actually a lot longer than that, uh, designing and producing catalogs for companies. Um, so I was kind of tied into the same thing, those deadlines that you cannot miss. So you're on press and you get on the shelf. For me, it was in the mail. And then you went and worked for insurance companies, but companies that deal with old classic cars. So there you go. And now you're at a, the banking industry, but you just can't get away from cars, can you, Jeff? No, I, I can't. And, and I guess it turns out that I just don't want to. It, <laughs> it seemed like that was uh, uh, the catch um, when I jumped from the publishing world when the whole publishing thing was changing. You know, we went from having Car Collector Magazine, but we had a custom publishing division and a good friend of mine, Bill Warner, was starting oh, Amelia? the Amelia Island Concours. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he yep. came to me and he says, Jeff, I, I need to do this program and I'm really struggling to do it. You're in the publishing world. What do you think? And I wrote him this big, long, crazy business plan and I gave it to him. Uh-huh. And he said, God, this is really, really great. And he throws it back at me. He goes, I got a better idea. Why don't you produce it? <laughs> and next well, thing you know, a whole division <laughs> got started. And But that's kind of what the industry is. And uh, Ford Haycock, uh, Haycock Classic, who started Haycock Classic, was one of my clients in publishing. Jim Grundy, Grundy Insurance, was one of my clients. And it's amazing how many people you come in contact with and, and touch that have so many influences in your life. Maybe at the time you're doing it, you don't even realize it. I know. You know, it's fascinating. Of course, Bill, the great Bill Warner, he's been a guest here on Cars Yacht twice. And then he was also a recent guest on a new podcast I'm doing with Keith Martin talk about magazine, Sports Car Market Magazine, and uh, he was our first guest there, which was pretty cool. So it's a fascinating travel that you've done here. And as we go down this road of your life, I'd love for you to share a mantra or success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Jeff, grab the wheel. The quote that I kind of live by and like the most for on on multiple levels is a quote by Zig Ziglar, who was a motivational speaker, and he talks about it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that ultimately determines your altitude. You know, when you sit and you break that down and you think about what's ever going on in your life, whether it's really good or really bad or really challenging, this quote can find a place. And uh, so it's been it's been the quote that I have have really lived by for for a number of reasons. So that that would be my quote. Well, the great Zig Ziglar. I mean, man, talk about the quote master, that guy. Wonderful things. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I don't watch much TV, but last night I needed to just kind of escape a bit. And I when I watch TV, I tend to watch stuff that relates to business, it seems like. And I was watching a show called The Profit, where this gentleman goes in and helps people who have struggling businesses. And I find it fascinating. And last night, he was with a lady who had a trying to build a cookie business, but she had a really 
tough attitude to deal with. And it turns out she was very insecure about her aptitude. She didn't finish school. She felt like her whole life she was told she was dumb. She couldn't do anything. She carried that baggage with her forward. And this gentleman, Mark, he, he said, look, you know, you just need a different attitude. It doesn't matter what you don't know. Surround yourself with people who can help you. That's what I'm here for. But you need a different attitude to move forward. And, and that's how they moved forward. So I love the fact that you mentioned that because last night I thought, man, I looked at my wife and I said, this gal just needs to get a better attitude. And she, <laughs> if she could get out of her own way, she could probably be successful. Um, so it's a great quote. I love that one very, very much. Well, let's start off by talking about this. Uh, since we're cars, yeah, we're not going to talk about banking or loans or anything like that. We're <laughs> going to talk about something fun. And that would be the Mid-Florida Auto Show and Lake Mirror Concours. This is a fascinating show because it's a three-day event. I'd love for you to walk our listeners through about what they could expect if they're fortunate enough to attend your event, all the different things that you guys do at this very cool car show. Well, it um, it, it is a three-day event. It starts off Friday night. I was with this event when I worked for Ford Haycock. Ford uh, started the event, and the vision was to kind of highlight and accent all the growth in downtown Lakeland and the revitalization of the downtown area and the businesses that are thriving downtown when most cities' downtown areas are ghost towns and that's and and this one is coming back lakeland was coming back by storm and uh so we start off friday night with what we call our hot rod our budweiser hot rod rendezvous our goal is to raise money for charity and we pick a different charity uh every year and this last year was the uh, boys and girls club all the money we can raise through as creative as we get, whether it's 50-50, through sales of food, through registration of cars that show up that day, every dime that's raised on Friday night is given to the charity. And it's a lot of fun. It's a gr- It makes you feel good, you know. It's a, And then Saturday is our main show. And our main show, we close 12 city blocks of downtown Lakeland and we fill all the streets and Lake Mirror Lake Mirror is a is a Lake Mirror Park is a is a lake obviously we have some vintage boats that sit out on this small lake and ampa cars that actually go into the water and do a little parade which very entertaining uh, along with the 6 or 700 cars that are on the street from con- we have a concord down on the lake and then we have what we call 72 and newer which are street cars which are street show cars and and it's extremely diverse event. We've got dealers that showing off some of their new cars that they're going to be introducing for the upcoming year. You know, we've got all the classics, the hot rods that are there and the Concord cars. So it really, the idea is to bring the generations together. So if you're kind of younger and you're into one of the compact cars and you want to make them all cool with the stereos and the pipes and all that kind of stuff, if you're kind of old school and you want the car restored back 
back to the way it was in the day, or you like vintage cars. There's something for everybody there. Nice. And then Sunday's our road rally, and it's a poker run. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, I've done those before. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it is, and it's, and you can drive anything. You know, uh, we decided that we didn't want to limit it because some people who enjoy those things have newer vehicles. You know, they don't necessarily want it because you're driving kind of slow through the countryside looking for clues. You know, and sometimes the older cars don't like that very much. So they can be a little bit of a challenge. So we open it up to everything. And gosh, we've seen everything show up, but we shut it off at 50 cars. And after the registration's complete, you go do the rally. And at the end, we have a, a great lunch. And then we give out prizes for who got the most clues and who did the best time and going from point A to point B to the different road checks. And it, it you know, it's a lot of camaraderie. It's just a fun thing. When, you know, I don't think anybody cares that they really win. I think everybody just likes to do it for the fun of it, So, well, of which course. makes it even more fun. Yeah, you know, it's really great. And I've seen this happening with more and more car shows is including old and new. And that's bringing younger people into the hobby uh, that we have here, which I think is great. In fact, I just I write a, a weekly blog. For you listeners that haven't subscribed, go to carsyeah.com and click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler up book. And you'll be uh, tied in there to get my weekly blog. I promise you can read it in one minute. That's my rule. <laughs> no long stuff. Uh, but this week's was about inclusiveness, um, that no matter what level you're on, uh, socioeconomic level, whatever it might be, that the car hobby invites you in. Uh, you don't have to have millions of dollars or a $100,000 car or a $50,000 car. I mentioned Keith Martin and the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast we're doing. He just bought a Volvo 122. I think he bought it for like seven grand or something like that. Um, he also just bought an older Jaguar coupe. Um, I think he paid, I think it was around, I was under $20,000, I believe, uh, for a really nice 22,000 mile car. There's ways to get into this hobby. And the fact that your show, Mid Florida Auto Show and Lake Mirror Concours includes people from all realms and especially in the road rally. I mean, get out and drive your cars. That's, that's the thing to do. So. I'm really happy to hear that. Well, let's talk a little bit about a challenge or a big failure. And I bring this up not to drum up anything bad, but it's really more about you walking us through a challenging time in your life. But how did you out of that in a positive way? What was the learned lesson there that you could carry forward and that you can share with folks today that might be going through a similar situation? Most people that that know me uh, in the hobby know that uh, my publishing company was was doing very very well, and like everybody back in the late you know two thousand seven eight nine when the whole financial crisis kind of hit, everybody got tied up in a different way, a different challenge trying to bridge the gap to keep their businesses at least somewhat level till we can get into what should be a manageable a visual of where we're headed. I unfortunately got tied up with a guy who wanted to become an investor in in the publishing world and wanted to become wanted to build a, a media company, if you will. And we chatted a lot and I I made a decision and trusted him and invested a lot of money. Uh, and it doesn't matter the number, it was a lot of money. Being a poor guy and building my wealth coming from nothing, it was a huge investment for me. And it was it was in some instances it was a risk, but I kind of admired what this guy built. Turns out he was running a Ponzi scheme. And it turns out 
the money was lost, the company was compromised. Hence my reason to say, look, you know, publishing is taking on a whole new world. I think I am going to just go a different direction. And that's really where I decided to sell the assets and move. And I didn't honestly know what that direction was or where I was going to go. I took a step back. I, I met with some people. I shared you know, ways that they could succeed, think ways that, that they could help and thrive, just giving them information, which turned out to be how I came to work for Ford Haycock and Haycock Classic is that uh, same thing I was talking about with Bill Warner. I shared with him a way that he could kind of structure his national marketing campaign and what he needed to look at and where the hobby was and how he needed to be more diverse. And little did I know, I talked myself right into a job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's I've been in similar situations. And when you get the rug yanked out from underneath you like that, uh, there is a time period there where it's just like, oh my gosh, how, how did I do this? How did I get myself into this? How do I get myself out of this? And, you know, you have a family to deal with and finances. It's terrible. But the great thing about your story here, and you can elaborate on this a little more, of course, is that when this happens to you, at the time you feel like it's all over. I mean, this is the end of everything, but it really isn't. And I would love for you to share what are the most important takeaways from that time that somebody might be going through the same thing, that either somebody duped them or took money from them or tricked them or it doesn't matter whatever it might be, um, so that the people listening out there that might be going through this or if you ever go through this, which you probably will some point in your life, it seems like it happens, so they know there is a way forward. You know, I think you you mentioned it earlier. You were talking a little bit about the prophet and the the gal with the cookie uh, business and how everybody tells you things are bad and they, they kind of decide for you who you are and who you become. And you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe and you have to have the right mental attitude that I, I have other responsibilities. I am not going to let this define me. I am going to define who I am and where I'm going to go. And if you believe in yourself enough and you believe in your mission and you believe that you're the right person, that you are, you're honest and you have integrity and you have a willingness to succeed, it is amazing what will happen. And it doesn't happen overnight. It, it, it took a, a little bit of time between the time I made a decision to sell off uh, the assets of the company till I found Ford. It was a, it was a six month period, which is when you don't have any money, it's a long six months oh, yeah. is a really <laughs> long time. Yeah, it, it feels really long. Yeah, but, it's very you know, scary. To believe in yourself and to believe that while you were working and while you were responsible and you were were doing uh, making contributions in the hobby, that you were doing it correctly and with the utmost integrity and and sometimes that's all you have to live on. You have to live on the fact that that you're you're a good person and that. You're the kind of person that people want on their staff, that people want to represent their brand and their product. And and it does happen. And it did happen for me. And it has happened several times. It happened with both insurance companies. And if you would have told me that I was going to go to work for a bank, we would all just sat down and laughed, laughed hysterically (laughs) and said, I don't know what you're drinking or what you're taking or what you're smoking, but please share. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I want to feel that good. I have that that fantasy. You know, you touched on a couple 
golden nuggets here. Uh, if you find any listeners out there find yourself in this situation and for first and foremost, always have a landing cushion built. I, you know, we say this rainy day money, but it's so important because I hear people say, Oh, well, nothing will happen to my job. I work for this big company. They're solid. Well, you don't know that all the time. They might not be so solid. And in this day and age with the, the scared and scaredness going on with this coronavirus and the stock markets, you may not know that your company might be operating on a sliver thin thread, but have some money tucked away. And, and I, it's the commonsensical thing, at least six months, if not a year of income tucked away that you can rely on. So you, you're not desperate, but even if you don't, what you just said, Jeff, is important. If you're a good person, there'll be people out there that will want to have you on their team. And what you did, you reached out to some folks that offered some opportunities to go in a different direction. Don't be afraid to reach out and talk to people. Don't. What a lot of people do is they cocoon. They hide away. They're embarrassed. They feel like it's something they did, even if it wasn't, and that they'll be looked on as a failure. But you know what? You find out who your real friends are during these times. They're always, they want to help you. They really do. Just ask for the help because it will be there. I guarantee it, right? And those guys want to make sure that you have something to bring to the table, you know, that you're not afraid to make a change. You know, when they said, we want you to get an insurance license, I'm saying, I don't know anything about insurance. I don't know anything about this, but you'll learn and you have to rise above your situation. And most people don't have six months worth of financial resources. I surely did not have six months worth of financial resources, but I wasn't afraid to take on any challenge and rise to the occasion to prove, by God, I'm better than this. I can do this. And Maybe it was wrong, but in my mind, I believed it, and and it came true. Well, like what we're going through right now in the world with all this bit of chaos and hoarding of toilet paper, this too shall pass. Uh, It will. It always does. It might take a little longer than we all want it to, but this too shall pass. But those are some great, great golden nuggets you passed along there. I thank you for sharing that. Let's take a short break, thank our sponsors today, and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. 
If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, I would love for you to share a story with us that kind of instigated this, well, not kind of, but did instigate this passion that you have for cars. It sounds like you've been a, a car guy forever. Is there a pivotal moment when you realize, yep, yeah, I've got the bug? You know, there absolutely was. And I, I remember it as if it were yesterday. I uh, I was a young child, probably seven or eight, maybe. I went over to a family reunion at my uncle's house and uh, my uncle Don and I went into the garage and my uncle Don owned a beautiful, this is back in the, I'm going to say late sixties. He owned a very early sixties Corvette, uh, probably a 60, 61, 62, something like that. I remember opening the garage, just seeing the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I was just taken back by it because I had, you surely had seen it in magazines or I may have seen something go down the street and watched as it passed, but I never had an opportunity to go and look at it and touch it and get to know it. And my uncle encouraged me, you know, sit in the car if you want. And he showed me about the car and I found myself starting to wipe the car down because I wanted to, I wanted to feel the lines of the car. And that's when I <laughs> I realized that's when it struck me that, oh my God, I'm, there must be something wrong with me because I think that this is how everybody should live. Everybody should have some kind of beautiful, fantastic car in their garage like this. Yeah. I remember my aunt having a 57 T-Bird and we'd go over to her house for Thanksgiving and I'd always go out to the garage and sit in that car, you know, <laughs> yep. it was so cool. My dad had a 49 MGTC when I was really little, but then as I got a little older, he got more practical, I guess you would say, and the, the fun, cool cars kind of went away. Uh, but I remember going over to people's houses. I had friends. I had a friend whose dad had a Lamborghini Mura, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this thing looked like a spaceship. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> you know, can I go for a ride in this thing? So really fun. How about your first special car, special vehicle? What was it? Two actually come to mind. I think like everybody, your first car is big. Uh, we, I guess it's safe to say we were probably somewhat poor. And so I went out, um, I worked hard and I bought my first car, which was an Olds uh, F85 Oldsmobile convertible. And I bought it for $250. It wasn't a pretty car. The shocks were terrible on it. You go around a corner, you're afraid you're going to roll the whole car. And 
but it was mine. It was my car. I bought this car and it was special. I drove that car. I, I mean, I more than got my $250 worth out of it. And then I thought, well, you know, I guess I'm going to have to get rid of this car. It, you know, it's just not reliable anymore. It needs more than I want to put in it. And somebody walked up and goes, I really like that car. I've wanted that car when I was a kid. Would you take a thousand dollars for it? Oh, score. I thought I hit the lottery. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know what's wrong with this guy? You know, yeah, yeah. and I and I kind of hum and haul. Now let me think for a minute. Yeah, and yeah. of course, I took his money and I ran to the bank faster than anybody could ever think I could run. So <laughs> that was my first heartfelt experience in, in buying my first car, and then later realizing my dream, uh, looking at my uncle's Corvette in the garage and building a Callaway Corvette. Oh, my God. Um, it was awesome to buy the vet, send it up to Reeves Callaway, have the Callaway group go through it and put the supercharger on it and the special brakes and the tailpipe yeah. and all the stuff that comes with it. And I still wanted it to be somewhat understated. I didn't want to do a lot of big body changes because I wanted performance more than I wanted people to know what I had. So mm-hmm. being able to be in a financial position in my life to be able to build something that extravagant was really a passion of mine and and it made me really happy and I, I just enjoy driving the car. Well, I had Reeves on the show a while back. That guy was impressive and I, I'd known about him, but I'd never been able to talk with him. And I was blown away about his history and then, you know, his father's history. I didn't realize the relationship with Callaway Golf and the story and the stock that he came from uh, was pretty fascinating. So it's really cool. What year was your uh, Oldsmobile? The Oldsmobile was a, that's a good question. I'm going to say it was a 62. Okay. Yeah. Because they made that car for a couple of years and, you know, back then cars were changing. Uh, but the 62 is kind of cool because if I remember right, the headlight and grill kind of lean forward on that car a little bit. Yeah. So it has a little bit of this get up and go stance, if you will, if that's fair to say. It, it looked like it would go faster than it ever really would. Yeah. It was not made for performance. It, you know, it was still, they were trying to capture the family car. You know, it was, uh, it had the backseat, you carry passengers. I mean, it, you oh, know, yeah. you had that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I don't think it want, it never, really became collectible and never won any real design awards. It was just a reliable transportation. Yeah, sounds cool. Well, here's a bit of a a get in your head question for you, Jeff. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, actually manifest as a car, what would Jeff Broadus be and why? Jeff Broadus would be a 1941 Cadillac. Okay, you knew exactly (laughs) the answer to that one. And why a 1941 Cadillac? It's somewhat understated, but yet it does make a statement because it's a Cadillac. It was practical in that, you know, it wasn't a Rolls Royce. It wasn't something, it was a step above an average car, but, you know, it was still reachable for most of America and it was reliable. There wasn't any real true bells and whistles. It was a pretty reliable car. Parts were readily available. It was recognized as a symbol of achievement and accomplishment. And I think it kind of 
back in the day, um, it kind of gave some integrity to the owner. You know, it's like, uh-huh. wow, you chose a Cadillac, you know, the, sure. as they say, the standard of the world. Um, <laughs> and it's a car that I've always longed, never owned one. I still to this day want to put one in the garage. So, and I, and that is a, a long-term goal for me. I hope to, I hope to have a 41 Cadillac convertible in the garage. You know, those cars are just, there's something about that car that is pretty darn cool. I had a, Wonderful guest on the show, Ed Chalakian, who owns a company in Las Vegas, uh, all Cadillacs. He deals with cars from that era. He's a great guy. If, if you listeners missed my talk with Ed, go back and find it on the Car Show website. Uh, he was introduced to me by another great guest, D.R. Rawson, who was involved in the Las Vegas Cadillac Club and uh, the Las Vegas Concord that debuted last year. But the 41, to me, has this presence to it. That's very different. And it, it go look, if you're not familiar with the car, go look it up. The way the back end swoops down and the grill and those fenders, it just kind of like, it's like sitting there with this presence. And no matter what color they are, they look good. I mean, it could be a sporting color, could be a subdued color. I'm thinking you're thinking of the two door versus the four door. Yes. I yeah. like the two door convertible. That's yeah, my. Yeah. That is the right car and it does. It has the swoopy back end. And when, designers really tried hard to make a statement and they didn't have so much pressure from the manufacturer for units and numbers. It was, let's let's come out with a beautiful product and the rest will work it out was kind of their attitude. So, of course, the 41s and 40, late 46, 47s were the same body style, obviously, because of World War II and we didn't, we didn't make any cars in this country for several years. So, you know, it, it's one of those cars. It's just one of those cars. When I see it today, I saw it at Amelia Island this past weekend and I can't stop looking at it. I can't stop saying, <laughs> God, I, what am I, what have I been waiting for? Why am I not figuring out how to put this in my garage? Yeah. The series 62, I believe those are Fisher body cars and there's just something about them. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You just, you got to smile when you see, a, see, see a 41. Well, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to have you uh, fire off a series, or I'm going to fire off a series of questions. You're going to fire off a series of answers. Some quick blips of that 41 Cadillac throttle answers, if you will. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits, Jeff, that you believe has helped you succeed over your life? I would say organization and preparation. Trying to always have a vision. If I have a fallback formula, that's my fallback formula. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, either living or deceased? Who would it be? Miles Collier. Mm, yeah. And Miles Collier owns the Collier Automotive Museum in Naples, I believe. And, and the Revs um, Institute. Yeah. And the Revs Institute. And he is such a wonderful, approachable individual and he is doing things that benefit the hobby made a commitment to do things that benefit the hobby and he's very open i just admire i admire his mission i admire the things he wants to do and where he's going so that that would be my my dinner date yeah i'd love to get him on the show he's a little bit shy about being interviewed and so forth but he what he's done there with the revs is absolutely fascinating and wonderful for me and and the history of his family and sports cars and racing in the United States and what they've done uh, over the years is really, really cool. So, yeah, definitely Miles Paul here would be great. How about the best automotive advice 
someone else has given you. Best automotive advice someone gives me, and I continue to give others if I serve on a panel, is when they start going into values and everything else, and I say, stop. When you think about you want to buy a car, whether it's your first car or you're adding to a collection of cars, buy what you like. Drive what you like. That is, that's something I live for. And the cars I've owned, and I've owned a lot of vehicles, I, I seem to love them only for a short period of time. And then they, they kind of go off to let somebody else love them so I can love something else. And that's what I look for. And, and I've had some kind of crazy cars and, you know, because I've, I've, I've always liked it. And I said, you know what? The only way to experience this is to own it. And I buy it not for profit. I buy it because I like it and I want to drive it. And that's the advice I'd give everybody. You know, on uh, Keith Martin and my Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, that is the repeated message from professionals in the industry who buy and sell cars. Now, these are guys that do it for a living. Most of us don't. And every one of them has said, pick a car you love because you'll enjoy it so much more. You'll use it more. But if you get stuck with it, if the market takes a turn, you won't feel bad because you you still have something cool and you don't have to sell it. Um, you know, don't get it over your head. I always say, don't borrow money to buy a collector car. Save up and pay cash um, so that you don't have to sell it someday. It's just, uh, it's not an asset, really. It's just sitting there and it's there to be enjoyed. Great advice. How about a resource? Is there one out there that's a go-to for you you'd like to share? I still am old school. I still enjoy getting my Hemmings every month. I enjoy looking through and seeing what's there. And I still subscribe to Gosh, I guess some 30 magazines. Some of them are dwindling now as they merge and do other things. But the car collectors, car enthusiasts are really lucky. There's a lot of great resources out there, whether it's Hemmings. You mentioned Keith Martin and Sports Car Market. Great resources out there to keep you up to date. There's online resources that people can use with the internet and everything else. We have so much at our fingertips. I I still go back the old way. I still go to to uh, things like, like Hemmings and Keith Martin's uh, Sports Car Market and then start to utilize internet and online resources after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you listeners a little tip here. You know, if you go to Sports Car Market, if you like digital magazines, you can get a 50% discount if you use Cars Yeah in the code box. Or if you like the print magazine, you can get 10 bucks off if you subscribe using Cars Yeah. So there's a nice little tip for you listeners out there today. There you uh, go. Save some money. Save some money, yeah, and help support a great publication like Sports Car Market Magazine. How about a book? Is there a book that you'd like to share that you've read? The book that I read that I found myself just kind of uh, salivating over was a book called The Cannonball Run by Brock Yates. And I like it because it's firsthand experience and knowledge of what he did and the experience he had running a cross-country event. It was crazy, maybe not very smart or a good idea, but at the time, because of what was going on in the 70s, it was uh, it. It kind of gave everybody something else to think about and look and laugh along with. And Brock Yates, if you if you ever had an opportunity to meet him, he's just very humble and has a lot of accomplishments. And I just uh, I I started reading the book, not really knowing what to expect, and I found that I couldn't put it down. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun read. I had uh, Brock's son on the show here a couple of years ago. And that was a fascinating uh, guest to have on the show. I mean, the son of a guy like that. But 
We mentioned earlier uh, Bill Warner. He ran in, I believe, the first Cannonball. He uh, did. In a he Porsche did. 911, I believe. So, uh, yeah, there's a guy that uh, took the bull by the horns and did some crazy stuff. I think Dan Gurney was one of the guys that ran in that event as well, along with a bunch of other characters. So, And characters is the correct terminology there. <laughs> yeah, they had some fun. I'll remind you, you can listen and find all these great resources on the Cars Yeah website. Uh, Jeff's page is just under Jeff Broadus, B-R-O-A-D-U-S, and all these great resources will pop right up. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a cool collector car today. Could be that Cadillac if that's what you want, but here are the rules to the game. I'm going to uh, pay the price, so that means you've got to abide by my rules. You can't sell this vehicle to buy a bunch of other toys with. you got to keep it. I want you to drive it. No garage queens allowed. But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collector car you own. So you can either keep a car you have so I don't have to write a big check today or tell me what to buy it. You're going to be writing a big check today. Oh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting down. Seatbelts on. Helmets on. The car that I, with uh, forgetting budgets, forgetting everything else, the car yeah. that I've always loved is the 1935 Auburn Boattail Speedster. Oh, nice. I think it is just so cool. I think it, it sitting still, it looks like it's a sports car, and it's moving at light speed. The design is timeless. It's elegant, and it begs you to drive it. It begs you to take it out and do something with it. And all my cars have always been drivers. I'm not interested in having a, a museum piece or, as you say, a trailer queen. Driving is, to me, what the hobby is about and, and the experience. And the 35 Auburn, if I hit the lottery tomorrow, somebody would be giving up their prize 35 <laughs> Auburn because it would be in my garage. Well, no need to buy a lottery ticket. I'm going to take care of this for you. I, it may take me a little while to find it, but I'll get it there by, by the time your show happens uh, in the fall. Uh, so you can drive it in the rally that you guys have there, and I'll be sitting next to you, and we'll both have big smiles on our face. How's that? Boy, sound? I'm going to hold you to that now. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> you know where to find me. So uh, okay. you and you and one thousand five hundred and twelve other people. So I'm and trying. it's safe to say that you're across. We're cross country from each other. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive, but that's okay. I'll find something out west and drive it out east. So that'll be fun. Jeff, you're taking me on a fun ride today. I knew you would. This has been great. I'd love for you to give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the Florida sunset in that beautiful 35 Boatail Speedster. I would say don't wait. Go out there and do it. If you want to go on a a, a tour, if you, if you want to show a car, whatever your ultimate ambition is, don't make it a bucket list. Check it off. Go do it. Find a way to go do it and get involved. But just do it. Yep, absolutely. Great advice from a guy who's followed his own ideas on how to fun, have fun with cars, no matter what industry you're in. You can even be in banking and still have some fun with cars. <laughs> I'll remind you again, you can go to www.midfloridaautoshow.com. You can learn about the Mid Florida Auto Show and Lake Mirror Concord. If you're going to be in part that part of the world uh, later this year, you definitely have to attend this event. It sounds like a great bunch of fun. Jeff, thanks for being so generous with your time and your expertise for today and for sharing your experiences with our listeners until you and I talk again. I'll see you, my friend, down the road. Mark, the pleasure has been mine. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 
Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.